Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everybody. I hope that you had an absolutely incredible Christmas, um, and I'm so thankful to be able to be online today with you and to give our volunteers a much-needed weekend off for all of us to be safe and uh, in the security of our homes, but with our family as well. Uh, I hope that as you uh, came to the Christmas tree and uh, celebrated Christmas, that a lot of the presents that you received were all that you wanted. You know, uh, Christmas is an interesting time of year, and do you know that this past month in December, December 18th was a specific time of holiday. I don't think a lot of us realize this. Yes. Do you know December 18th is designated as re-gifting day? Um, Now you know you've done it. And in fact, some of you right now are sweating because you're feeling a little bit guilty because you received a Christmas present and then you went ahead and re-gifted it to someone else. So it got me thinking of, you know, what are the top three re-gifts at Christmas? So here we go. Without further ado, the the number three top re-gift of Christmas is gift baskets. Yes. Yeah, so right now, if you're looking and there's a gift basket under your tree, it probably was re-gifted to you. The number two re-gifting of Christmas is houseware items. Uh, yes, yes, ladies, that might have been a gift that somehow you got at an office Christmas party. I'm just saying. And then the number one re-gift at Christmas, drum roll please, is clothing. Yes, clothing. Um, it's, it's an interesting time. It's a very different time. But yes, December 18th, regifting is a thing. Now, speaking of regifting, um, one of the things that we don't want to do is we don't want to uh, necessarily recycle much of 2020. I think we're ready for 2021. I, I think we want to take 2020 and we want to put it away. And so uh, for today, I hope that you'll lean in for just a few minutes as we talk about how we can make 2021 an incredible year. So I'm going to lead off with a statement and I want you to pay really close attention because it will not make sense. But it, at the end of the message, I think it will become very clear. And here's my statement. To truly have a happy new year, it must be filled with failures, imperfections, and a lack of control. To truly have a happy new year, it must be filled with failures, imperfections, and a lack of control. Wait a second, Terry. We just got done with that year. 2020 it was exactly that kind of year. I'm not going for it. I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. Lean in a little bit because I think if we embrace that statement, we will have a better 2021. We're going to go to a story in the New Testament. And it's a story about Jesus. Maybe you're new to Christianity. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're a family member or friend who's tuning in for the first time. Let me, let me build some context so that you can understand this story. You see, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he came into this world. He was born. We just celebrated that. And then he begins his ministry. And he starts developing a following. People are, are all of a sudden following him. You see, he came from a town in Nazareth, and then he moved over to the Sea of Galilee, which is a little bit of a distance away from his hometown. And he develops a following of people that are seeing him heal people, touch people. They're listening to his teaching, and his teaching was incredible. The amount of wisdom that he gave was unbelievable. And so then all of a sudden, Jesus tells his followers, he says, we're going to pick up and we're going to go back to my hometown. I'm going to go see a lot of the people that I grew up with because they need a touch from the Son of God. So Jesus moves his ministry and he walks in to Nazareth. 
And then all of a sudden, he's going to encounter much of the same people that saw him grow up as a young boy. So let's pick up Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Jesus left that part of the country, and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all the wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? The next Sabbath, he began teaching the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all the wisdom? And then the next sentence says, then they scoffed. Yeah, I want to paint this picture because it says that they were amazed in the synagogue. Now, we look at that in our English language, and we see the word amazed, and we think, oh, they were astounded much like we are about Jesus. They sat there and said, wow, he's doing miracles. Isn't it incredible? No, 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 no. In the original language, that word amazed is not written in the positive context. So when it says they were amazed, it was actually written in the negative context. They were kind of caught off guard. Where did he get this kind of power? Who who gave him the authority to teach? I I mean, wait a minute. Isn't this the same young boy whose dad was a carpenter? I mean, isn't this the same boy who came from a couple that, let's be honest, she was pregnant and they weren't married? I mean... I saw that boy, you know, throwing rocks with, you know, other family members and friends. I mean, this is a carpenter's son. So who gives him the authority to be in the synagogue? And I can imagine Jesus Christ just coming out of Galilee, healing people and people looking at him and and gleaning and their hearts being changed. And he comes to his hometown. He sees his neighbors. He sees his friends. And all of a sudden, they don't look at him and receive him with the kind of love that you would expect for the son of God. Instead, They look at him and they begin to change their hearts. You see, Jesus was being labeled in the moment. You see, Jesus' past was labeling his present. I think that happens a lot to us. I want you to lean in and pay really close attention because I'm going to give you three statements that we need to embrace as we enter into this new year to truly make 2021 a better year. Here's the first one. We need to learn to run to and not from our failures. We need to learn run to run to and not from our failures. You see, the individuals in that synagogue, they saw a boy. They, they didn't see the son of God. They just saw a regular boy that they assumed was just the same as any other. And they begin to label and they begin to limit Jesus's potential. And that happens to us sometimes. We look at 2020 and maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're in financial situation that is difficult. Maybe you're not in the place in your life that you thought you ever should have been. And when you look to 2021, you look at your past and your past begins to dictate your future. And so here's the truth. When we run from our failures, here are some things that we do. Number one, we stop trying. We look at our past and we say, you know what, 2021, why even try? Here's another thing that we do. We also, we allow defeat to define our self-worth. You allow what has happened, the decisions in the past, the failures of the past, you allow it to define who you are and the self-worth that you have. For some of you, you listen to family members or to friends who maybe you've made a mistake and they're not allowing you to forget that. And so what happens is, is that criticism crushes your ability and our ability to continue. Let me illustrate this a different way. When my son Connor was five years old, we got him a Mario racetrack, you know, Mario, Luigi. And this racetrack, it had 750 billion parts and we put it together and it had a loop. And what I realized right off the bat, and I didn't read the box because the box said that this racetrack was for kids eight plus. 
Well, my son's five, he's a prodigy, he's the most perfect son in the world, and so I know my kid can get it. So I open up this up, we put the racetrack together, and as the cars go around the track, it's really easy, you just pull the, pull the handle, this is really easy, Connor can do this. But then what I didn't realize is when it gets to the loop, you have to put enough pressure on the trigger to make the car go a certain speed, and when it gets to that certain speed, it can survive what I like to call the loop of death. But if you go too fast, he flies off the track. If you go too slow, he doesn't make it up the loop and he crashes. And I think that's what ends up happening is, is when my son, all of a sudden he got the, got the car and he started doing it, he would start getting scared of what he called the loop of death. And he just couldn't succeed. And all of a sudden he started getting disappointed. He started getting disheartened. And then he didn't want to play with that racetrack anymore. You see, he feared the loop of death. There are many of us in 2020 that we have faced a loop of death. And when we look at 2021, all we see is we see that loop and we, ask, we tell ourselves, I can't do it. I can't make it. I want to share a quote with you. This comes from Breen Brown from a book called Daring Greatly. And let's take a look at what she has to say about facing or allowing our past to dictate our future. Take a look at this. When we dare greatly, We will err and we will come up short again and again. There will be failures and mistakes and criticism. If we want to be able to move through the difficult disappointments, the hurt feelings, and the heartbreaks that are inevitable in a fully lived life, we can't equate defeat with being unworthy of love, belonging, and joy. If we do, we'll never show up and try again. In 2021, let's stop running from our past failures. And let's dream so big that we run towards new ones, ready to learn from them so that we can accomplish the unimaginable future that God has for us. So we need to learn to run to and not from our failures. Let's continue this story. Here's Jesus. He's in the synagogue. They're amazed, but then they begin to scoff. And we pick it up there. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters, they live right here among us. They were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. You know, it's as if these individuals, they took out a picture and they looked at a family photo of Jesus. And then automatically what they saw were imperfections. What they saw was this cannot be what I think it can be. And I think sometimes what they do is is they compare what they see in a picture to what there is now. And when you do those comparisons, then you always fall short. You know, the truth is, is I I, I like to say that many of us, we become afraid and we we begin to think that we need to ascend to a certain perfection level to be able to accomplish things. It's as if we have to be perfect in 2021, that in order to be able to succeed, we have to ascend to a certain level. We compare ourselves to the Joneses. We compare ourselves to the Smiths. And here's one thing that I would say to you, is when you begin to compare, you always fall short. Because the truth is, there are no perfect pictures. There are only broken people. And so here's the second thing I want to encourage you for 2021. We need to learn to embrace our imperfections. You know, the truth is, is we start looking and we fall into this trap and we say things like, in this new year, I'd like to be like that. Or if I just had this, my life would be so much better. You know, or we look at someone and we go, I want to be, or I want to look like her. And then it gets worse and the conversation turns into, why don't I have that? 
Why can't I look like that? Why can't I be like them? Why can't I have that type of job? A dear friend of mine by the name of Reggie Joyner, he once talked about the, the problem with comparing ourselves to pictures. You know, many times we get in our minds a different type of reality that, to be really honest, doesn't exist. Facebook, Twitter, social media, it gives us pictures of people's best, and we compare our worst to their best, and we always fall short, and we end up without any hope. And so Reggie said this, he said, what makes this constant assessing and comparing so self-defeating, so self-defeating is that we are often comparing our lives, our marriages, our families, and our communities to unattainable media-driven visions of perfection, or we're holding up our reality against our own fictional account of how great someone else has it. As we enter into 2021, we cannot allow our goals and we cannot allow our aspirations to be set by someone's perfect picture, post, or tweet. In 2021, we need to set our goals not compared to an illusion of perfection, but to an attainable imperfection. I'm not telling you to set your goals so low that you always make sure you make them. But what I am telling you is you cannot set your goals to unrealistic expectations because every time we do that, we fall short and we feel like a failure. It's time to embrace the truth that God made us, but that we are human and that we are sinful and we are going to fall down. But it's not about falling down that makes us stronger. It's about how we pick ourselves up and how we get better each and every day. In 2021, in your spiritual life, it's about understanding on a scale of a one to 10, where do I fit right now? If you're a two on a spiritual scale, then what it means for you is, is that your goal for 2021 is how do I move from a two to a three? How do I move from a three to a four? How do I move from a four to a six? It's not about, you know what, on January 1st, I'm going to be a 10. That's not real. And that's not necessarily attainable. By the way, the only person who was a 10 in their spiritual life was Jesus. And that's because he's the only perfect person to have ever lived. There's a third aspect that I want to challenge you for 2021. And it's this, you need to believe. I don't know that sounds simple, but I want you to pay really close attention. We continue the story. Mark chapter six, verse four. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, Jesus couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now here's something that I want you to understand. The reason why Jesus couldn't do any miracles is not because Jesus didn't have the power to do so. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. He can snap his finger and do whatever he wants. The reason why he couldn't do any miracles in his hometown is because the hearts of the family members and friends in that town, their hearts and their heart condition would not allow the power of God to change their life. You see, the truth is they bought in to the truth in their mind that nothing's going to get better, that this can't be anything different, that this guy, he cannot be a miracle worker. He cannot be the son of God. He cannot be the light of the world because no, I've seen it before. He's just a boy and there's nothing different. 
We do that when we look at a new year. You know what? I will not attain any spiritual growth this year. I've tried it before and it'll fail. You know what? I want to get healthier again in 2021. But you know what? Every year I say that and I fail, so I'm not even going to try. You know, some of us, we give up before we even start. And if that's you, I want to remind you of a guy by the name of Paul. Because you see, Paul, his real name that was given to him was Saul. And you got to understand that Saul was a guy who chased, murdered, tormented people who believed in Jesus. Saul hated Christians. Saul hated everything there was to do about Christianity. And God saw something in the extremely imperfect and failed life of Saul. And he looked at him and he gave Saul an opportunity to change and to believe in the power of God. And because Saul looked up and cried out, Lord, because God knocked him off his horse, his proverbial horse, and blinded him. And then all of a sudden, in that moment, Saul looked and said, I believe in the power of God. And because he believed in the power of God, his name was changed to Paul. And Paul became one of the most famous Christians in eternity. Do you know that you have that same power today? Do you know that if you would just believe in the hand and the power of God, 2021 can absolutely be incredible. You can absolutely make a difference in your family, in your friends, and in your community. You can change your life by the power and the hand of God if you would just believe. You know, at the end of the day, all of us have that ability. All of us have the ability, but you know, we have to stop running from our past and we need to start running to it. You know, the truth is, is that we need to stop believing in perfection or the perfect couple or the perfect family or the stock photo syndrome. And instead we need to begin to embrace our imperfections. And then last but not least, we need to begin to believe in the power and the hand of God. I said it when we started to truly have a happy new year. It must be filled with failures imperfections, and a lack of control. May God bless you this holiday season, and I look forward to serving alongside of all of you in 2021 and having the most incredible year ever. Have a great, great new year. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.